0: Welcome to They Came From Outer Space, a radio program where we talk to filmmakers and buffs about their favorite sci fi film and how it relates to their own work and today's wild world. I'm filmmaker Cameron Kitt, and I'm here today with Chantel Castillo to discuss Alex Garland's 2018 film Annihilation. It's something they termed the shimmer.
1: We've sent in drones and teams of people, but nothing comes back.
0: But something has
1: are a biologist. You served in the military. If I knew what happened,
0: I could save his life. The boundary's getting bigger. It's expanding. We're talking cities, states. You need to know what's inside.
1: So do I. It's beautiful. Hey, Chantal. Hi. I am so happy to be here. I'm so <laughs> happy you wanted to
0: talk about this movie. Yes, yes. It's so good. It's so I'm good. Like, jumping inside (laughs) do you find that a lot of people you know have seen it or do you feel like it's not as well known I think it's not as well known I feel like you
1: have to be really tuned in to like what's going on I really feel like that um I really like Natalie Portman she's amazing I feel like if you like her as an actress and you follow her work then that's that would be a way where you know that movie but no I don't think it's that like well known
0: yeah we'll get into it because the budget and, like, the box office do speak to that, unfortunately. That's a really good point, that if you like her, because she carries this movie so effortlessly that I didn't even think about it. She's the best of the best. Um, um, for those of you who don't know, Chantel Castillo is a Brooklyn-based filmmaker and artist. Her work includes a, a music video film called Whim, World is Mine, which premiered last year, and she's currently working on a dramatic short film this summer, shooting the summer, about a very intense breakup phone call, so... Chantel, um, why did you choose Annihilation? That's a good question. Um,
1: Well, when me and Cam were chatting, we were chatting about sci-fi because Cam is a sci-fi director. And, of course, um, she was geeking about that. And I mentioned uh, Annihilation because I was like, have you seen Annihilation? And she's like, yes, duh. And then she's (laughs) like, you know, like, we have to talk about this. And I think it's just a great movie. Um, to talk about I think mostly what really like drew me in was more so like I guess I can consider this movie a little trippy because towards the end it gets really trippy (laughs) so that is like my world I love that stuff so that's why I think I really because that is like literally Mm. like what I always think about when I think of that movie the ending Mm -hmm. is just like whoa so mm-hmm. that was that was more so like, uh, yeah, this movie is it. This is it. And then I also did my research and learned about the director and the books and everything. So that also drew my interest because there's like a lot more into the story.
0: Exactly. That's why I yeah. love doing this is I get so much more value when I do the research. Uh, have you seen either of his other movies, Ex Machina or Men?
1: I've seen half of Ex Machina. I have to finish it. Men is new. Isn't yeah, it? that's. So, it? Right? I think it's still
0: in theaters, yeah. Yeah, my friend
1: saw it, and he was like, it's crazy.
0: So It's also trippy, I think. Really? And all three of them are, the, like, dealing with very feminist themes, I think. Like, he's yeah. out here being the white male feminist that so we need, you know? Like, yeah. Thank you for showing up, Alex. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's just interesting to me that, like, those three things together, if you look at all those movies. I definitely think you should finish Ex Machina, though.
1: I have to. I really do. And it's funny because if you ever seen any of his interviews for the director, he seems so very stoic, you know, like, he's mm-hmm. very just like, I'm just a regular guy. who mm-hmm. movies, You know, and it's like, what? <laughs> like, big ego. He's very
0: humble. And yeah. the interviews that I read of his, Alex Garland is very much like, oh, it was a collaborative process. The, the humblest people are often the most successful. My guess is that it's because he started as a writer. Like, mm, I think yeah. that that just but who knows, maybe he's just very laid back he doesn't have that like in your face attitude no no
1: yeah he doesn't which I guess is like a great quality of his you know but yeah
0: if you're out here if you're listening to this and you're a filmmaker don't be too big in your britches <laughs> <laughs> thank the team it's a team it's a team project every time it really is, it is. yeah I mean f- filmmaking isn't this the way it used to be like auteur theory and the idea of like it all coming from one person's mind like, that just isn't the way it works anymore. It's very no. collaborative.
1: Like, I, like, even me just, like, developing my own work and as the more I grow and get more team, I'm like, this is not at all just me, you know? It, it's like, it would be just, like, beyond disrespectful to just be like, you know, like, like yeah, I can carry the idea, but there's I can't do this by myself, you know? Like, it, it's, it's a team thing, you know? And to have people be involved, um to your idea also is like what makes it you know literally better yeah yeah so, so you have to have people who believe in you and who believe in the vision you know
0: so and who are willing to add different ideas than, than what you were thinking every time I've shot a film the more power I give to different departments to make more decisions the better the film gets because oh. there's more brain power working the biggest thing for me is just making sure everyone's playing the same song like okay we're all in this case yeah. we're all i think the phrase that alex garland uses a lot is this is a film about self-destruction you know like oh. so we're all doing self-destruction or uh, mutation or refraction like the, they really ran with that whole prism like i'm noticing that this third time i want to talk about that but yes. um i want to ask you so like when did you watch this the first time what was that experience like what did you think oh that's a good question first time i watched this
1: Oh, man, I don't even remember the first time I watched this. I think it was somewhere, somewhere, somehow it fell onto my lap and I watched it and I was just like, whoa. And I'm just, you know, just me, myself being a director, I just really go crazy in depth into like what created this. So that's just how I got into the director and then his previous work and what he's done. Um, I wish I can really recall the first time I watched this, but I cannot. I only recall the, like, the time I watched it recently again.
0: Um, but you fixated but, on it. it stood yeah,
1: out most likely it was in my room on my computer, <laughs> like every other <laughs> movie. Yeah, every other movie I watch, it's just in my room.
0: Okay, do you turn the lights off?
1: Oh, yes, I set the mood. I have okay. a moment. I, the, yeah. That's like my, my self time, you know? I, I literally, I set the mood. I put my little night lights. I, I do popcorn. Absolutely. <laughs> Literally, it's like a little ritual of mine. I love it. It's my favorite thing to do.
0: I love this idea of like the movie ritual because I just did a recording of an of another episode of this podcast about Minority Report. I was talking to Monk about how hard it is to watch movies now. You know, you really do have to create a whole atmosphere. And I think a lot of people don't have the attention span. So, like, how do you do it? Yeah. I mean, this movie is two and a half hours. It's kind of long.
1: Really? I, I don't I didn't even think of I I hear that a lot. You know, a lot of friends of mine are like, oh, I don't even watch movies as much because I can't even stand to, like, watch it at all. You know, like, it's crazy. There. Isn't it like, it you know? is crazy. But, you know, you, I can't blame them at the same time because it's like, unfortunately, that is our society. You know, like, we're so used to bits, you know watching things in bits and like shorter time that are you know it's our time span is completely destroyed but to me I I, it's just different because I just really love it so once you draw me in I'm just like hooked like I can watch it all the way through I I do have to be really intrigued though if not I do get distracted as well that does happen but I have to be really intrigued like you have to reel
0: me in and this movie pulls you in Yes. Pulls you all the way into the shimmer, and I was yes. really noticing the pacing because, me too. In the book, I have read the book. In the book, I'm fairly certain it just starts with her already there, right? Mm-hmm. Like that. In the book, it's like there's no backstory, there's no husband. It's just oh, we're already really? we're already there. We're walking, like. And so, as a movie, they had to give you all this setup without losing you. They have to like introduce yeah. you to this character. It's kind of slow. She gets pulled in. Like, what what intrigued you about the way the show the movie started?
1: I was just I'm glad that you mentioned that because that makes more sense now, because if the book just started in the shimmer, I like how when they gave context, it was actually very like snappy, which I liked when I rewatched it. It was very just like cut to the point, you know, like it was just like, you know, give you the information that you need to take you through this movie, which I really liked. And I actually did take a note of because I feel like with people's attention these days, giving information that way is helpful. And it wasn't, you know, too short or, or it felt like, oh, you know, like, let me just give you these bits and pieces. Like, it was a good pace. It was a, it was a really great pace. I really enjoyed
0: that they gave it like and that's, that. And it's so hard to do. Exposition is a tightrope. So there will be spoilers. I'm going to describe the movie. We're going to spoil everything in the movie. So if you haven't seen it yet, it's OK. You can still listen to this podcast because some slight spoilage actually can increase your enjoyment of the content. If you want to stop and watch the movie now, that's a good idea, too. You can always find us on Apple and Spotify. Released in 2018 for Paramount, Annihilation was written and directed by Alex Garland, adapted from the novel by Jeff Vandermeer. It follows biologist Lena, played by Natalie Portman, who in her search for her clues about her husband Kane, played by Oscar Isaac, volunteers for an all-girl, all-scient expedition into an alien zone called the Shimmer, filled with rainbow light and deadly gators. As the Shimmer begins to affect the team, Lena must find answers and find a way out before she too is absorbed by the mutating landscape sharks have teeth like that it's not possible you can't crossbreed different species
1: what is it the soldiers on the last expedition uh, they went crazy or something, something in here killed them <laughs> it's be scary. scary the last time i watched it i got full-blown anxiety like the last scene i was like no way because i i like i it was a good amount of time before i watched it again recently so the first time I watched it must have been like two years ago. I watched it now, and now I you know, like my perspective. I'm always like just like learning and things. So, you know, my perspective and everything have changed since then. So the ending even like has a different meaning to me. And it yeah. gave me so much anxiety. I'm like, oh my god, this is so yeah. like beautifully intense, is yes. the best way I can describe it. It's like overwhelming, but like beautiful.
0: I'm just <laughs> like, not I'm actually just not realizing, oh, I can't talk about the ending. It's a very similar ending to Ex Machina, so when you watch that, I hope you'll make those connections. I don't know if Men is the same way, but he has these kind of open-ended, very ominous endings to his movies. And, like, this one is a great ending because it just, like, for me, I went to see it with my parents because, you know, that's how we do. And then my Mm -hmm. mom and I both read the book because that's how we do, (laughs) and, like the ending is so cool to me because it's like yeah it is way scarier for me yeah the bear scene is so gruesome and scary but the actual oh, implications yeah. of what's happening right that we've been invaded and that um the line from jennifer jason lee is like everything will be broken apart and there'll be no parts left like everything will be mutated that's very scary right like yeah. that's a big fear being invaded being transformed and yeah and, and you know what was interesting if i can talk about this scene because yeah
1: go ahead um, i already stopped
0: we're spoiling it y'all yeah <laughs>
1: But um that scene was scary as well. And it's interesting why it was scary, because it was she was fully accepting it, which was like, whoa, because that was like, Okay, you're just ready to like walk into this thing. Like you like like you're completely fearless, which is like scary compared to how everyone was just like they gone crazy.
0: You see how Are you how talking different? about her walking into the lighthouse or when she's talking to Kane? her husband
1: oh oh no um one of the other scientists when she was just like oh like I don't want to chase it anymore and she completely just walks into it oh yeah the Tessa Thompson character that scene
0: really stood out to me too Rewatching this because I I thought like I when I thought the first time I thought that's a really bad choice but then I watched it the second time and I thought that's a really brave and smart choice Mm -hmm. because she's seeing how everyone was being turned into monsters spoiler alert and uh you know going crazy mutating (laughs) and she just goes i don't want to choose to fight or what was it you want to fight it and she wants to meet it and i don't want to do either of those things
1: i was like yeah "Mm -hmm."
0: yeah right
1: that was a moment she she was you're
0: saying tessa thompson's character was accepting it
1: yeah 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 and and that was like it was it's funny because like that was also like an eerie moment you know, because I was just like, wow, you know, like you're fully walking into this thing, which could be seen as more fearful against to like fighting it and like losing your mind. You know, like you're not even fighting it, you know. And that was. Interesting well,
0: Alex watch. said that his big theme for him was self-destruction. For me, mm-hmm. the big theme is more like identity. Right. But oh, the, okay. if this if this is about self-destruction, each of the characters is like ex- is described as like I think Tessa Thompson's character was like like a cutter right yeah, um yeah and so it's sort of like it, to me it seemed like a metaphor for suicide when she walks away yeah right yeah so, but
1: it has an interesting take because it's like you know was it suicide or it was just you know she was just like ingrained into this like realm you know which was had like a beautiful also twist to it you know so
0: true maybe she was accepting it like That was one of the lines, and I think that's the thing that makes this movie so good compared to so many sci-fi horror films. Is it's one of the most beautiful horror films ever. Like it's filled with so much beauty, and that's one of the lines that Lena said when they were interviewing her, and that she was like, "Sometimes it was beautiful," and I was like, (laughs) "Oh yes, orchids. (laughs) Give me orchids."
1: It is, yeah. Like everything about it, I think that's a really good point to make because it is like a beautiful horror, like sci-fi horror. It's definitely one for you to just, like, really dive yourself into. I love it. I really do. And I think it, what's interesting, um, the little reindeers, um, I know there's, like, a lot of mentions in the movie, but, like, the little, you know, animals.
0: In- so striking. Why would yeah. you say it, st- it stands out to you? Um, just,
1: yeah, because how, how striking it looks. I was just like, whoa. You know, like, is to me, it seems like, is there a possibility of this somewhere? You know, like, just, like, hmm. some, some beautiful mutation of animals. Hmm. So I feel like as humans, we're always experimenting with creation, which is, like, mm-hmm. oh, so interesting. You know what I mean? Like, we don't know mm-hmm. how to leave things alone. Mm-hmm. So I'm, like, <laughs> So I'm like, what if this is real? like, and then it's, like, what is our reaction as a society to this? You know what I mean? Like, things like that are, like, yeah. is this beautiful or dangerous? You know, like that's how, like, how nature is. Or viewed. both. And yeah, yeah, both is an option too. Yeah.
0: So just to clarify for those listening, we're talking about the movie *Annihilation*, and the crux of the film is that an alien has crash landed in the swamp, and they're not—they don't tell you where. It's like I guess Louisiana, kind of, because there's gators and bears somewhere like that, and. Um, the result of the alien crash landing is that everything is being mutated constantly so like dna is changing So, trees and plants and everything its merging which is a very original idea so i'd never thought about to see mutations happening like normally mutation happens in a way that's passed down from birth so it's slow like mutation is normally slow so the reason this movie is scary is that like it's happening actively constantly in front of you um yeah, I mean I I know there are scientists out there working with things like CRISPR and literally doing DNA manipulation and it's very scary for a lot of us, right? Like what if something becomes unleashed? And in a way this movie is forcing you to like recognize that like the humans didn't have any control over it. There was nothing yeah. they could do to control it. They're just like they are part of the nature. Yeah. I don't know. That's the scarier <laughs> part to me. And then there's all these lines of like i don't know if the alien even wants anything and i was like what oh <laughs> yeah, it want yeah. So, like those are big themes for us little humans i'm used to the alien <laughs> movies being like let's blow up the white house you know what i mean like the alien movies yes. are pretty straightforward this is like uncomfortable
1: exactly because it's not clear exactly yeah. that was a very very scary scene towards the end because that was what um uh, Venus? What was, what was that? Dr. Ventress. Ventress. Jennifer Jason Lee. Yes. Her, when she got, like, in that weird cave thing, and she was kind of, like, you know, talking to herself, just, like, babbling, she was saying, you know, a lot of things where it was just, like, oh, you know, like, it's it's not us, and, you know, it doesn't know what, she, what it wants. And it's so interesting, because even when um, the alien showed up for Lena, and she got scared, she started shooting it. And that was even like, whoa, you know, like everything unknown to us as humans is potentially dangerous. And our first instinct is for like survival and protection. And it's like, then what if this thing doesn't even like it's it was crazy to me because it's like, what if it doesn't even think like that? You know, like it could be like, whoa, these humans are like super hostile (laughs) and aggressive.
0: It's mirroring (laughs) us. It didn't even have an agenda. That that that's way scarier than anything I'd ever thought of because it's like exactly. Yeah, that's a really good point, Chantal. Yeah. That was
1: literally everything that I was thinking about, which was like why I was like super anxiety-ridden because I'm like, wow. You know, like it was very wow.
0: We can't think outside the limitations of our own mammalian brains. So we only ever think of aliens that are looking like us and that want to come do things that we do, which is take over things and pillage and kill. So an alien could never do anything except those things because that's all we can do. Wow. So, like, the scariest thing is the other that doesn't have an agenda that we understand. And to me, it's like, the ending of the movie for me is, like, it's too late. We, we've we been infected, like, and maybe mm. that's not a bad thing. But, okay, really? so you mentioned Ventress. I want to talk about the book a little bit. Okay. Jennifer Jason Lee to me, is actually the part that's the most similar. It's really different from the book. The book doesn't actually do any of the shimmer stuff. There's no real rainbow references. It's more about the... The mental experience so you remember in the scene where they wake up and it's been four days that's oh, what yeah. the book feels like is like you're constantly confused about where you are and a big spoiler in the book is that Dr. Ventress has been controlling everyone using hypnosis and certain words Whoa. and at the end the word she says the word <laughs> annihilation and annihilation is supposed to make you jump off of something and kill yourself yeah so it's oh, very intense spoiler oh alert wow. to for that and she just like really felt like that same character is like this kind of woman bent on doing whatever she wants and Taking everyone down with her, and that that is like, kind of a scary villain to me. She she was a very scary character, right? Really? Like to me, that, watching it again, she, I think like characters have, are dying left and right, and she's just plowing
1: ahead. You know, because to me, I didn't think about that. You probably have that context because obviously the book, you know, you have you have to you have comparisons to draw from because that's interesting. Because me knowing nothing of the book and just the movie, I'm like, oh, you know, like. I can understand a little bit why she's like that. Like you know, she's mm. just like because I was thinking it more from like oh you know they're soldiers. Soldiers have to be that way sometimes, mm. you know. Where it's like we have to keep going. This mission has to be completed, and that was mm. you know she was the leader. So I was like you know I completely understand. You know, as like probably un- insensitive as she may have seemed, I was well, like, and she
0: did get her answer right. Yeah,
1: I, and I and I do understand why now. It could be like she can be selfish because it was more so like her own journey like it was something for her to fulfill for herself like it felt like you know whatever had been happened I needed to do this you know for me.
0: You're listening to They Came from Outer Space this is a radio sci-fi podcast I'm here with Chantel Castillo I'm Cameron Kitt and we're talking about Alex Garland's film Annihilation. So building off this when people ask Alex Garland about the book he said that part of the reason he wanted to adapt it is because it's so original he tried not to stick to it or reread it too much because he his his quote was i wanted the movie to feel like a dream of the book and he talks a lot about how dreamlike the book is and i feel like that really comes through would you agree that this is a very dreamlike film i do think so especially
1: how the editing style was because it was very like you know everywhere you know it was you had flashbacks from lena and then you had some context, you know, of just like Kane, a little bit what he experienced. And then just them being in the shimmer, it was kind of like what was going on. It did feel dreamlike. It did. And especially then when I like there was also some scenes with Lena, you can see where she basically you know, you know, she survives because she was talking to the people who found her. And, and then it makes you feel as a viewer, like it might even it's like what i'm watching is what i'm watching you know like is this happening cuz she's still alive you know it, it's very like i do think it can be dreamlike
0: yeah yeah and it's hard though because some some movies i love when they adapt everything perfectly but he did his mm-hmm. own thing like he did his own I prefer
1: that i like yeah. when you have your own interpretation cuz i feel like like if you're a reader And then, like, you know, the book that you like or whatever gets into a movie, I feel like a lot of people are not ever satisfied. They're just like, oh, you know, yeah, like people are not ever satisfied. And I always hear, you know, complaints where it's like, oh, you know, they weren't true to the character. Like, there's always something. Uh Uh So I feel like if you try to do everything by the book, it's just never really going to really. Oh, that's a
0: good. All right. This is the first truly hot take advice. If you're adapting something, don't try to adapt it perfectly because no one will ever be happy, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Don't adapt it, perfectly. Adapt to it's yourself. It's completely, yes. Mm-hmm.
0: It's completely
1: different to adapt something visually because you mm-hmm. it's, it's so, the language is completely different. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So completely different. Because even as you're reading the book, you're imagining it in your head, you know?
0: And that. Well, yeah, is, and no yeah. movie can compete with that. Also, very few books are two hours long. Yeah. So the book has a huge home team advantage where like it gets so much more space to do what it wants. Plus, yeah, I'm filling it in with all the Cameron flavored things that make the book good to me. Like I'm imagining things that are the way that I want, and that like I'm I'm participating in making it good. A movie, you're passive. You know, mm-hmm. you're just passively absorbing. And I think he, the fact that they went so heavy on the visual effects is what makes the movie so good. Is like you're you're pulled in because you're always something beautiful to look at. And I was, I mean. For me, the thing that I was noticing is just how many shots are VFX shots in this movie compared to his first movie. Both really? of these would be considered low budget compared to like I think X Machina was made for like less than 10 million. This really? movie was made for 40 million. Oh and you really? think about you think about Marvel movies where it's like north of five hundred million, sometimes close to a billion dollars budgets.
1: Wow. This is basically
0: an ultra low budget for it's not ultra low budget. I would call it like a small budget, right? Um, yeah,
1: because I'm like that. You consider that a small
0: budget? I'm like that's. Well, so crazy. in 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 a in a An industry in a, for a Paramount standard. film, yeah, yeah. For a Paramount film, yeah. And he and he did complain about how he didn't have enough money to do everything he wanted, even with 40 million. He was like, he was like, I had to guerrilla film make, I had to be like a guerrilla filmmaker. Wow, so sad. yeah, I know <laughs> it's kind of mind boggling, isn't it? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it so is. yeah, like.
0: Speaking of dreamlike quality and like creating a feeling, when you did that music video short film for World is Mine, how did you create the atmosphere?
1: Oh, that's very interesting. Um,
0: So we pulled everything from the
1: album. So we had something to base everything on. And we pulled the strings from the album, like certain contexts and elements to build the story of the short film. And throughout the album, um, the way it like was concise and continued to each song was like a narration a little bit between each song, um, because it was a world that she even built with the album. So it made it a little bit easier for me to translate that through a film, because there was some narration involved where it talked about, you know, it was like one of her friends just kind of talking just out loud, like what's on his mind. And we utilized that in the film as well. So we just used those, like, some of the bits in the album were in the short film. And we just, like, used that to kind of build this, like, world of hers in her mind. Cool. Which I loved. Yeah.
0: What about the, like, production design, visual? Where did you shoot? What did it look like? So since
1: everything was with me and her, we just shot everything outside. Um, I'm so very used to just, like, you know, just doing everything on my own and just, like, using what I can which is usually locations. Locations are the scenery for me. And we just like location scout for what's the best place to shoot. So that was what we did. And we used um, a park um, in Brooklyn. That was one of our scenes that we did. And that was like great.
0: I mean, that's like how guerrilla filmmaking works, right? It's like you find the locations that can tell the story for you instead of building a giant set. A lot of this movie was shot outside too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I was I was I was thinking about that as well. I was like, oh wow, you know, they didn't probably have to do as much just like, you know, pick somewhere to film for the majority of the time. And I know there was a lot of some scenes inside that they had to probably set design and stuff, but that was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, everybody would have been sweaty working outside. <laughs> um, yeah. It's just, yeah, it's such a beautiful film. There's so much VFX. There's so many, like, there's so much color constantly. I'm very into that. Like, the color, it's like these vibrant pastels everywhere. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Which is really shocking. I don't know why. Like, it it just, it's so, it stands out so much to me. Like, the lichen, the flowers, like, everything has this weird kind of palette. Me too, Um,
1: especially with, like, Mm -hmm. the growing mold on the wall and Mm -hmm. all all those things, I thought about that because I'm, like, you know, that was a creative decision that they had to think of, like, how would this thing even look like? Yes. You know, and it's, like, so interesting to even think that way. And I I think that's why a lot of things, you know, um, I can talk about, like, you know, a department of art design and all those things, you know, are, I guess you can say, underrated when it comes to just, like, their creativity Mm because things like that are... Something that they would have to really dig deep and think about, you know, like, Mm -hmm. how can we really make this seem so foreign and like, you know, just a mutation, you know, it's very interesting.
0: Uh, I read an interview with Andrew Whitehurst, who's actually the visual effects supervisor, so he's not the art director or the production designer. But he said, we got a lot of electron microscope imagery of cells, a lot of reference imagery of lichen, spores, and mold growing. So you can definitely feel that that's what they were looking at through the movie. But yeah, I mean, somebody had to decide to say, well, let's use mold or let's use these flowers growing from the same vine or those weird reindeer with the flower horns. Like, in a way, that's like a beautiful, soft dream. And then, you know, there's like some of the most horrific graphics I've ever seen (laughs) mixed in with the bear. We'll talk about the bear, oh, but yeah, yes. I mean, I think you're probably right. It's, it's it is an underrated thing in other films, but when it comes to sci-fi, you have to be so strong mm-hmm. on production design because you're selling another world oh, every time, so true. right? That's like so true. It, it's at the forefront. So if they're messing that up, then it's gonna mess up everything. So like he has to have the strongest. And and I mean, I, did you notice any parts that felt a little low budget to you? Like maybe some areas that they had to move quickly on or anything like that.
1: Mm. I don't think I don't think I've thought of anything low budget. Um, I would say I'm not sure. Maybe like Lena's room or house. That could have mm-hmm. been that could have been easily someone's house or something. I feel mm-hmm. like things like that could also just always be like someone's house. Um, I think probably that. But nothing mm-hmm. really stood out to me as low budget, you know, because everything, as you said, you have to build a world. Because even at the base where like everyone was doing their studies and everything. You know, like, that had to be built, I must
0: have. Yeah, I'm just, I'm very critical of of, of special effects, which isn't fair, and, like, considering this, is like, when I I think of, like, this versus Marvel movies where they have just millions of dollars and, like, hundreds of people working on it, and this probably had max dozens of people working on the effects. The Gator, there's only, like, a few moments where I didn't think it looked supremely real. And the bear, and, like, there are so many of those moments where I was just, like, where, where like there was only one moment where the visual effects brought me out of it which is the crystals at the end the crystal trees near the oh, lighthouse really? yeah crystal trees yeah they, i read a whole section about it but like for me they brought me out of it but like it's really powerful for a film like we have so much expectation for for fx to like work no matter what and it's yeah. so hard you know what i mean like if it's yeah, like, 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 even so. slightly off we're just like <laughs> it's like that's
1: so hard <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. so funny because even watching like some of the main tricks movies, I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> it was like the guy. Yeah. yeah, I was like the scene with like all the Mister Smiths. I was like, "This looks like a video game."
0: Yeah, it looks so bad. funny.
1: It's it's funny though. It, it's like it's yeah, like it's really funny. funny. But we,
0: I think the thing is like we're just very uncompromising as as audience members, mm-hmm. where we're like we expect absolute perfection every That's time, so like true. no matter what. If, if you're even a little bit off, and and yeah I mean for a dreamy movie I think I'm pretty willing um did it stand out to you that this was like to me this is a feminist film just by mm. virtue of the fact that all the characters are women did that stand out to you at all yes
1: yeah and I loved it I was like hell yeah because um, I, I love the like um the scene where it was like quickly mentioned where um I think when Lena met the girls and they were first like they met and they sat together and they were introducing themselves and they were like oh all women and then um the girl I, f- I keep forgetting her name but she's one of the scientists who had the glasses um she was like scientists like that's all she said she was like scientists like I love that because I think that was her way of saying like you know it doesn't matter that we're women like we're scientists you know like she was very yes. like yes <laughs> no
0: you're exactly right and so in the book this was another thing that I thought was really interesting in the book, there are no names for any of the characters. They're just the biologist, the psychologist, and the physicist. So you never know any of their names, which kind of makes it feel like you don't really... Like you're all like you're on the mission deployed with them where you're not getting close with them, right? Like or everyone's just going to... But he uses she pronouns, I believe, for all the characters.
1: Oh, so he's not
0: like pushing it on you that they're women. It's just that they're scientists first in the book. And I think that came through oh, in the movie really strongly. Okay, it's like... Yeah. These women are, like, very capable and super smart. I would definitely say Gina Rodriguez. This is, like, a huge – watching this again, her performance is the thing that stands out really strongly to me. Because, I mean, that is as far from Ugly Betty as we can get is this character. Like, she is Mm -hmm. totally different. And her acting is just so good and so strong that I feel like it, like, it really balanced everyone out, you know? It
1: did, yeah. I, like, you can really – I love – you can see the, like, transgression of just, like – how she was towards the beginning to like what she became towards the end. I'm like, wow. You know, that was definitely very, very crazy.
0: I mean, it's hard because you're balancing a lot of characters. You Mm -hmm. know, I've been working on a series um, about a band. It's called Supergroup. It's like a band of witches. I think I've told you about it. And it's just really hard to make sure every character has equal weight. I mean, we're following Lena. So obviously not every character is equal weight. We get very little information about some of these characters or it's just thrown in really quickly. Um, but, yeah, it's really hard to do exposition. So, you know, the short film that you're about to be working on, it's, it just has one character, right? So that mm-hmm. solves that problem. Yeah. So it's kind of really simple. Um, yeah. Yeah. True. How – you said you also do everything, so you've edited too, right? Yes. You I mentioned guess. that you really like the editing. Talk to I... me about the editing in this movie. Like, what did you like? Oh, Oh, man. One thing about – Me and
1: when it comes to editing, I'm not very like picky or anything. Like I'm I'm very just like, you know, everyone has their own editing styles and I admire everyone's editing styles. Um, for me, I think it's it's hard or a challenge at least to like showcase. It was a lot of like flashbacks and then future and then present. That to me is like for you to do that well is like an accomplishment. That was the only thing to me that I'm just like, okay, yeah.
0: That was very well done. Oof, I know I that's I didn't I hadn't even thought of that you're right it flashes back to her before this oh yeah mm-hmm. how did they do that <laughs> <laughs> like that's how good it was like you don't even yeah. notice it.
1: it it's crazy there it was like all those like three time zones going on at once and when it was digestible you know like it wasn't like you can never like chime into the movie and be lost you know which is a yeah. good thing. It's a very good thing for editing.
0: So there was a some trivia is like, um, you know, they let they do test screenings. After a, t- a test screening that was like kind of bad reviews, one of the financiers at Paramount, his name's David Ellison said, he thought the film was too intellectual and too complicated and he demanded big changes to make it appeal to a water audience, including making Natalie Portman's character more sympathetic and changing the ending. Ooh. And his producer, Alex oh, Garland's no. producer, said no, <laughs> and they didn't do it. And I, I just was like, you oh, guys. thank goodness! Like, this movie wouldn't be would be terrible if it was like oh, what, yeah. what changed in the ending. Like, we needed that. Like, I, I'm really grateful for that because yeah. it seems like most of the movies that I have on this podcast are movies that somehow managed to resist the production studio trying oh, yeah. to make it more dumbed down. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, this movie is respectful of my intelligence like exactly i
1: never understand too intellectual like it's like you know people are always so afraid of people thinking and questioning things like literally you know like it's such like yeah um, like that to me is scary when it comes to just a creative standpoint because you know when it comes to just creativity there should be no bounds you know like there's no like this is freedom for us artists you know like we are supposed to think you know how we want to and without that you know there wouldn't be anything you know these discussions or any probably you know progressions in the art that we have today you know which is interesting um I forgot what else oh and I also liked how Lena wasn't as sympathetic I did like that about her and I noticed that about her because yeah. I, I really do like that because, you know, obviously when you portray a female character, there is a lot of those qualities where it's like, oh, you know, you they're the savior, the, the damsel, you know, like that kind of archetype where you have to save them or yada yada. And she was like, no, like I was in the army, <laughs> you know, like this is something that is not foreign to me, you know.
0: Yeah, there's a slow-mo shot of her shooting a automatic rifle. And yeah, she's like in it. Also... Badass. she's self-destructing her marriage you know yeah. she's dealing with the fact that she's not sympathetic and that she's dealing with the fact that like she is basically she basically was having sent her husband off to his doom mm. is what her feeling is that's not very sympathetic you know yeah. she's like dealing with the like fallout of her actions in this movie Oof. and yeah
1: that's something i did notice watching it again when um they were talking about it because when she put those pieces together, Lena in the movie, and she was like, oh, wait, this seemed totally intentional. You know, and then she started, you know, reflecting on herself. And then that's when, um, you know, Adventurous mentions how we all self-destruct. And I was mm-hmm. just like, huh. I'm like, mm-hmm. is that what we do? Is that mm-hmm. true? Mm-hmm. Like, do we all really self-destruct? Like, yes. that, was, that was interesting. I've
0: that just was really been reading this book by Pema Chodron. She's a... Um buddhist nun and she said humans are like moths drawn to the flame the way we're drawn to things that are not good for us like it's a characteristic of all humans not just you and i was like oh (laughs) (laughs) we all think it's just us but all of us do it why do we do it exactly that's
1: the thing Why? why you know why like that i'm like where did that happen who wrote that in for us (laughs) in
0: our genes i don't know maybe we need an alien to crash land and turn us all into you know mixy topsy-turvy plant people that's Uh, the the funny conversation because
1: people are like oh my god what if aliens don't even like us at all
0: and they don't even (laughs) want
1: nothing to do with us (laughs) and they're just like there's like so many memes on instagram where like they're like oh my god earth is so ghetto
0: they're like, we're so <laughs> It's so embarrassing to have the like consciousness to recognize that we would be considered like trash. Yeah. Trashy, you know, yeah. like we are tr- we would be trashy to a higher, a more, a more evolved species. It, it just, I have kind of like evolution envy. I like want us to kind of pick it up a little and like move a little further, you, you know? Like yeah. we see our faults, we see Same. what's holding us back. And this movie is a good example of like how we do that. We use art to analyze our, our own selves. Mm-hmm. Sci-fi is always about us, right? Like, I hadn't even thought about this till just now, but we could call it a global warming metaphor, Ooh, right? Brilliant. Like the Earth is transforming, oh, and yeah. we're not able to do anything about it, or we're refusing to be able to figure out how to do it. I guess, but seriously, yeah. Why do we self? Why do we all self-destruct, and how do we stop? If we, if you and I knew that, we'd both be very rich. So, oh, you think so? <laughs> oh my God,
1: that's the thing. <laughs> we're We're such interesting species, really, honestly. I feel like of all things, it's like what is going on in these brains of ours? Like we can be such wonderful, creative, like genius masterminds and at the same time be completely evil. You know like yeah. in our in our past history like history of humans, we have that, you know example, we have the eye signs of our species, mm-hmm. and then we have, obviously you know, the terrorists. And it's like, like, what? It's like like...
0: the shimmer. We're terrifying and beautiful. It's like the meme where it's like, God makes humans. Angel, look at that. You gave a monkey anxiety. (laughs) Why did you do that? You took a monkey. You gave it anxiety. That's like what we are. You know, we're we're like able to self-reflect. We hurt each other. We hurt ourselves. And at the same time, we're like cooperative and amazing and strong. And like three, what was it? Five women paddling the boat together. Like, Like, there's a lot of good stuff, too. I think it's easy to get lost in that, like we love to put ourselves down but we're also very cool in a lot of ways like we've been able to do a lot of things that are amazing yeah
1: Um, I I feel like we easily forget how like much like you know we man-made this society you know like everything was created by another human and that is so easily overlooked like sometimes I really have to remind myself like wait a minute I am not powerless at all. Like everything that I'm sitting in today was created by someone else. How can I not think I can't do the same, you know?
0: And things can change quickly. Yeah. Fast. Yeah. Maybe not as fast as like the trans But yeah, like I am not powerless. I like that a lot. Um, like societies change dramatically all the time. Like yeah. We can completely change how we do things. Everything we do is like, okay, here's an example from you've all know Harari. He says that like a good example of why humans are so good at taking over the world is like, we cooperate by sharing myths and a myth, an example of a myth would be like nations. He's like, no yeah, animal yeah. on earth knows that they're in Germany or Brazil. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. A,
0: that's just a myth that we as humans yeah. agree on. It's totally fake. Like it's not real. Like the myth of the United States, like all of these things, that one really blew my mind. I was like, that's oh, something
1: yeah. I also read. And it's funny. Cause I actually talked about this with someone else before I was like, Oh, there was actually a deer once that like went into Harlem and like my sister was like on the news and talking about this deer in this park. And I'm like, it's funny because to us looking at, you know, the other like nature animals, we're like, oh my God, you're in our zone. You know, like, yeah, what, what are you are doing you, here? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Go back. And then and then <laughs> and them, to us is like, what do you mean? Like everything here is nature. Like this you is what, and we make those lines. Same thing yeah. as, like, you know, there's always been the argument of, like, borders, you know? Yeah. And it's, like, what are borders? Like, know huh? There's something like, we make up. Exactly. And it's, like, those little things are so interesting. Because nature itself, is it, it's not even, like, it doesn't identify as anything. It's, like, just Earth. Like, we are
0: just oh, Earth. Maybe that's what this is a metaphor for, is it's nature. Like, nature yeah. itself reminding us in the shimmer that we just a small part of everything. Like that it's so much more big and powerful than us. But yeah, yeah, that they they say that astronauts tend to come back like anyone who goes up and looks at the earth tends to come back with a much more kumbaya mentality about Mm -hmm. everyone because they've spent so much time looking at the earth without borders that it forces you to realize that that, like we're all one. And I was like cool, let's just send everybody, every rich person (laughs) and politician up there for a few days. (laughs) See what happens. I would love
1: to talk to an astronaut, honestly. Me and a day with an astronaut would be like the
0: best. <laughs> All right, honestly. we'll hook it up. Any astronauts listening to this, listen to the end for Chantel's contact info. <laughs> You're listening to They Came From Outer Space, a sci fi radio podcast, hosted by me, Cameron Kitt. I'm here with Chantel Castillo. We're talking about annihilation. We're getting deep. Um, this is by Alex Garland. It came out in twenty eighteen. Ventress wants to face it. You want to fight it. But I don't think I want either of those things, Josie. So, Chantel, what else really stood out to you that you want to talk about? Like reasons that people would want to watch this movie, or maybe um, things that we can take away and learn from this movie as low-budget filmmakers
1: oh wow um something that i would well it's so funny because i i pitched this movie yesterday to a friend and all i did was just show him a little bit of the last scene that's like all i had to do (laughs) and we were just like whoa he was like blown away he was like yeah if i was like tripping on acid right now he's like i would be like off the wall and i'm like maybe don't
0: maybe don't participate in that if you watch this movie the first time i would say (laughs) yeah
1: it it gets really intense really intense and quickly too so yeah uh that that's something that i always would do like if to pitch this movie i would just like talk about the ending a little bit and probably my takeaway um I guess you made me realize how much, like, the work that I want to do is of sci-fi a little bit. Like, it does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was Welcome like. Welcome to the club.
0: Let's let's I change know.
1: the world. Yeah, I was like, oh, my God. I think that, that is what I intend to make, like, the genre. Because I've always, like, I don't know what I can box my stuff into. And I think it is considered sci-fi. And so this movie is just, like, a study material for me. Like, I'm like, wow, this is what I would love to do because it encompa- like it encompasses everything. Like, I want you to think, I want you to experience this, visually have it to be so pleasing, you know, like, everything.
0: It's really great. And you don't have to stand by the rules of anything. Mm-hmm. You can recreate the rules. You know, I just finished reading a book that's like futuristic China where they fight in robots. It's just like you don't. That's the kind of stuff I love. Um, oh no, me yeah, too. Yeah, this movie has some elements that are not aspirational too. So mm. this, you talked about how this movie makes you think. Um, it, like it can
1: be easy to make it scary. I guess a scary movie when it comes to like creatures and all these things. Like it's easy to I guess scare someone, but I think uncomfortability comes with like you not knowing because i've actually like dove into this of what makes you uncomfortable like what makes you unco- like someone uncomfortable and it's that aspect of you not knowing like you feel unsafe so that's what it is i think it it can probably be a little more challenging to make someone feel unsafe you know and but like be but also hold your hand in a movie
0: you know like you're
1: mm-hmm. unsafe yeah. but it's okay
0: you know yeah. like we're taking see, like friday the 13th that movie is not going to like make you feel like you don't know what life is about, you know, <laughs> like that movie's not questioning your like <laughs> grasp on what humanity is like there's no. Yeah, that's a really good point.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's the aspect of uh, like eeriness and all those things. You feel like uncomfortable and unsafe with something, you know, so that's what it is and I think
0: it's change right like mm -hmm. this movie's like discomfort with change for me science fiction is about embracing that things are going to change and we Mm -hmm. have to like figure out what we want to change humans hate change I don't know if you know that
1: yeah you know I think that's a good point I think it's a really good point because like I've always dabbled with that because there's people that are like oh you know I'm super adaptable you know like I'm not afraid to change you know like it all depends on the person but I think as a whole collectively I think we probably are because the thing is like you have to think like people say you know our our species are still really young you know like we're we're still very young and if you think about it we're still continuously always looking towards each other for the answer so I think that's what's scary we're like looking Hmm. around like what do we do and it's Hmm. us you know like we're like we're the ones who have the keys towards change. So I think it's like our inner self doubt of thinking like, oh my God, I'm the one who's leading the world. Like, you know, how can I do this
0: without even got my my sister- future <laughs> depends on me. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. I like the, I like the idea of like our future depends on us and like working in the community is how we make change and actually doing things. That's very brave and not and not expecting it to fall from the sky or not expecting it to be somebody else's problem. That's just that's uncomfortable, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to have to participate and change in the world for the better that's uncomfortable it is but, i mean lena made a, made the choice to go search into the shimmer she she made change herself she went for it you know i would i, I don't I would, know would you have done it would you have done it i was just going to ask you i'm like damn. <laughs> i have a question I for know. you i'm like all right what? just to really it really depends on how depressed i am and if my yeah. husband's left me for a year like that that definitely would go into it yeah. I want to see the shimmer, but the fact that no one had come out for 2 or 3 years beforehand, like depends on how good my life is going. That like, is a good right
1: point. Now. Yeah. How about you? I think I would do it. <laughs> I think I would do it like full blown, like let me go into this thing. <laughs> I'm like cuz I just I just need that kind of adventure right now because it's just like I want to know. Like I'm so mm-hmm. like just thirsty for knowledge all the time. And I feel like that would mm. be the ultimate, like, like knowledge. I'd be mean, like, I, I, like after I leave, yeah. I don't need to know anything.
0: You know, like, I, I'm, well, that, I'm good. That's why you like Ventress's character. Jennifer Jason Leigh's character. Yeah. 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 One thing you and I bonded over about this movie is that the bear scene is one of the scariest scenes ever. Oh, yes. And it remains so for me. This was the third time I've watched this movie, and I still couldn't watch it. I had to walk away. Like, and, and listening to it, I came back, and listening to the sound design, I had to mute it so that I could keep watching it. Like, it's that scary yeah. If you think you're good at watching scary movies please watch this movie see if you can handle the bear scene no flinches no turn no turning away see if you can do that because I turned away how about you I, like, I did I did and then I
1: watched it again um cause I did watch it like I guess about three times also and then the third time since I was expecting it it was like okay because I'm like okay I know what's coming but it was still really creepy really creepy and there wasn't a yeah. lot given in the story to like you know talk about it it was just like we're just gonna give you this creepy like this and carry can, can on. you
0: explain we only have a few minutes left but like explain what is happening in the scene that makes it so scary
1: so basically um right we have three main um or four characters our or, or voyagers that are going into the shimmer and they're in this room um and basically like this creature this bear comes in um Oh, there's a lot of context I will probably have to give to explain this. But, like, one of them passed away, right? Got eaten by a bear. Then, let's say, next scene, a couple scenes after, um, they're, like, in this shed, um, and they're just there. And the bear comes, and this creature just comes, and they're just like, what the hell is going on? And this bear looks so eerie, because it looks like half bear, half, like, something else, And they're, like, frozen as this bear is coming closer to them, and then the bear starts, like, opening its mouth, and it's, like, the voice of a human, and it's, like, this crying human, and Mm -hmm. it's the voice of the woman, one of the soldiers that got killed by the bear. And it's, like, completely, like, chilling,
0: because it's,
1: you know, like, you don't ever... Think that would be the sound that would come out of this bear, and exactly. it's like it's like this human just crying out for help. And oh,
0: it's, yeah. Oh, it's giving me chills. It's like distorted. The faces yeah. melted. So yeah, there's something about that. You just like yeah, you're right. It's because you would never expect a bear like you expect a bear to roar, but you don't expect a bear to say help me. Yeah. Because and then you knew that it was yeah the idea of this murder. So the last thing I wanted to leave you with is this fun little tidbit of. special effects from Alex Whitehurst he said so we were struggling to come up with a clear way of describing that what you just talked about the bear the mix one of our concept concept artists in a piece of 3d software got a scan of a bear skull and a scan of a human skull and literally just mashed the two together we looked at it and said yeah okay that's horrible that's gonna work (laughs) the conversations so sometimes, yeah sometimes yeah. the first attempt is the right one you know just go ahead and do the obvious thing and sometimes that's the right thing you know
1: it's so funny the conversations that like we must have in these environments like you know production department must sound like horrible like taking this out of context and like a normal you know like everyday conversation is like what is wrong with you
0: You that's know, terrible that's great that's gonna work that's the worst thing I've ever seen let's put that in uh yeah he's really good at making movies that are unsettling mm-hmm. um but yeah that's that's great so you would I, I've never heard of that approach but if you're, you're pitching people to come to watch a movie you would start with the ending it's well so that well that for
1: that movie yeah because that's like the most like whoa of the whole movie to me
0: yeah it it is pretty well so Chantel <laughs> where where can we find more about you and and follow you and you know follow what you're working on
1: So I have a a page on Instagram. You can follow that. Um, It's called VHS Red. Exactly that. No extra anything. VHS Red. And that's also the same name for my YouTube channel. I also have a YouTube channel where I post my work. Um, I'm getting on there again to post consistently. And yeah, I talk about, I have, like, uh, bi-weekly topics that I talk about. And then also just, like, my little short uh, films and projects that I also put on there.
0: Cool. VHS Red on Instagram and YouTube. Um, Well, Chantel, thank you so much for coming on and talking about Annihilation with me.
1: Yes, it was was the greatest time ever. I could talk about it all day.
0: (laughs) Uh, You've been listening to They Came From Outer Space.